So I've always heard that you should start your podcast off with a hook and then um, dive in. So here's my little bit. Um, and I'm reading this, obviously. I saw this as a, um, a little saying on social media, and I wanted to dive more into it. Um, the reason your grandmother didn't leave your grandfather has less to do with some moral compass or love than you think. In 1964, an employer could refuse to hire you just because you were a woman. Until 1974, refusing to sell a woman a home was legal. Until 1988, you could refuse to rent to a woman with kids. Society wasn't designed for women's independence. How do you like that, guys? Let's dive in. Hi, I'm Stephanie Wainwright. I'm a wife, a mom, a business owner, and my life is chaotic all the time. So I created this podcast to help you find the funny, the good, while navigating through the chaos. This is Chaotic Compass Podcast. Okay, hey guys, uh, now that I've got your attention, hey, my name's Stephanie. I uh, sip and bitch and I talk about all the things, either stuff that's bothering me in my life or, uh, you know, just random ass shit. And today is a random ass shit day. I saw this thing on social media and I just had to dive in. I was like, is that even true? I wasn't taught that. The only thing I learned about women and their rights was that we got the right to vote in like... 1918 or something. And so let's dive in a little bit. So uh, some of those things, some of the things that I had just seen the actual dates, I couldn't, you know, find, but I did find and I will post in the show notes as far as where I found the, uh, the information that I'm going to talk about. I did find some interesting, interesting tea about our grandmothers, y'all. Yo, those were the real OGs. They put up with some shit. They were, anyways, I'm going to cheers to to the grandmothers. Doing a little history lesson, and we are navigating the real reason our grandparents stayed together. So I did a little diving in. So the first one that I found, talking about way back in 1848, there's a lot of things. There was actually a couple of websites that like, way back in the day, like even further than that, talking about the things that have happened in history. I'm literally just talking about like key points in U.S. history. So, um, so just stick with me and I will, you know, cite my work here. I'm a good student, I promise. So the first one talking about the Married Woman's Property Act of 1848 was established in New York State. Um, basically saying that women, they weren't liable for their husband's debts anymore. They could enter into contracts. So basically they can sign a mortgage now or they rent a property. Um, they could collect rents or receive inheritance that was theirs. That was like, if their dad died, they can now receive that. Typically in the past, it would be go to the next male heir. So like if your dad didn't have any sons and then you didn't have any kids yet, that money could go to like your uncle, like your dad's brother. Crazy, right? So they could collect inheritance. Um, they can now file this one. I, I literally am chuckling about. They could file a lawsuit on their behalf now. Be like, 
yo, somebody did me dirty or assaulted me. Husband, can you take care of this for me? And so now they could file their own lawsuits. This was the end section of from this website. It literally said, quote, quote, she became for economic purposes an individual as if she were single. Just for economic purposes, not as if it's like, oh my gosh, 1848, y'all. Okay. So that was in New York State. And then eventually all the other states by 1900 had adopted their version of it. Um, Number two, bank accounts. Girlies, doesn't matter who you are or what you did or how much bank you rolling in. You could not have your own bank account until 1974. But banks still refused without the signature of their husbands. So you out there slaying the day in your job and your money automatically was your husband's. Yeah, crazy days, crazy days. So up until 1974, that's when it became legal for you to have your own bank account. Because up until that point, it was, it was all your husband's. They didn't care that it was, it didn't matter how much you had or how much you didn't have. That wasn't even the, it wasn't even the equal wage game at this point. It was literally like they played the game of family wages. I don't remember how long ago that was, but they give a husband a family wage and then women a regular wage because the men were providing for their kids, for their family. That was their excuse. So, and even back then, even if you made that money, it was all still part for your your family. It was it wasn't it wasn't yours to go shopping with. So, you had to ask your honey boo to spend your own money. So, this is part 2 to the bank accounts. So in banks, they used to have, and a lot of places, but this was just an instance in banks, they had women's waiting rooms. These rooms were specifically made for the women while they were waiting for their husband to do business at the banks. And they would cater to the women, you know, bring them like teas and, and waters and whatever, you know, little, little meals so they can, you know, and then the women would have their moments with the other women and talk about what's going on. And so it was literally a little congregation of women while their men were handling their finances. So uh, the obvious one that I knew about 1918 women's right to vote, like go y'all. So my actual, my grandmother's, my, my dad's mom, mom. So my great grandmother actually was a part of fighting for that in DC. So it's really cool. And that that's a story from my grandmother. And I don't really know if that's true. I've seen some clippings on like the ancestry.com, but it wasn't really detailed. So but it's pretty cool. I mean, it would make sense long line of strong women. So your grandmother, even some of y'all's mothers, but your grandmother for sure was legally subordinate. That's why she didn't leave because she legally couldn't. She was basically 
property. There was this one website that I had found. It was talking about how men would use the piece of paper for marriage as saying, well, now I own you. You're mine. You can't do shit. So I get to do whatever I wanted with you. And in the Christian faith, you were supposed to submit to the man of the house, the head of the house. And so what he says, you know, what he's saying is going. So I don't agree with any of that, but we're going to keep moving on. So property, keeping their own wages, voting, contracts, inheritance, all of these things were not, they literally were less. The country that was built by our founding fathers created it to be where it's not even a race game now. It was literally white dudes were far superior than anything else. It didn't matter what color you were, what sex you were. It was just white dudes were running this thing and they were, oh, bow down to me kind of shit. A little crazy. And the I saw this one like advertising about, I, I think it was kind of like trying to brainwash women. I don't know the whole, you know, ideology behind it. But it was like, this is what marriage can get you. Pretend we're in 1940 or 1950. This is what marriage can get you. You could be a symbol for society. Because being married, you're elite. I can't even say these things. You can be financially provided for as if you can't make any money on your own. Companionship. That was the third one in the row. It wasn't like number one, like you you get a soulmate, you get somebody to hang out with for the rest of your life. No, no, no. Companionship was number three, you guys. And then it had list for what the ideal wife was. And then at the bottom in very smaller print, it had what the ideal husband was. But here we go. Ideal wives. They do the cooking, the cleaning, the decorating, sewing of the clothes, draperies, and blankets. They procreate, obviously. And they provide the child care and teach the children manners. Can we just let this soak in for a minute? The man, leadership. He's the decision maker. He would be the punisher for the children. He's a provider and a role model. Y'all, with all of this information, looking back now and having the information and knowing where I'm at now in my life, that was the normal. They didn't know any different. There was no let me go out on my own. And like, go, like, I'm just saying there was a bunch of girl boss slaves in the 60s and 70s. I'm here for it. They were just built different. They were like, I don't want to be like, you know, my mom was. And so I want to have a different life. And so I I appreciate that. And I really do see the, we've kind of gone back a little bit, but, you know, I see the direction that they were trying to achieve, not just for them, but, you know, for the future women of America. But it's like, I can't, I can't blame my grandmother. What I do have a hard time with the ideology of the perfect couple you know, the high school sweethearts, you've been together forever, you've been through thick and thin, 
be picturesque of your grandparents. There wasn't any other option for women. So I have a problem with this putting on a pedestal of the relationship that was based off of almost entrapment, really. Um, I'm not saying that our, our grandparents, you know, especially our grandfathers were, were bad or evil or anything. It, it was, it's just th- the women didn't have any other options. So to, to, to look at those relationships and believe they're far superior is crazy. You know, for instance, I, I know my grandmother, my, my grandfather was a very big alcoholic and she put up with that for forever as you know, for decades, she would water down his liquor, uh, and hoping that he wouldn't notice. And, um, it was interesting to see, like she, she would never, we had a gas station in Pocosin for the longest time that Pocosin is a little town here in Virginia, uh, that I grew up in. And we had a little gas station in Pocosin for the longest time that would actually fuel up that had full service. You'd roll over the little go ding, ding. Like I remember like old school style. I remember that being a kid and my grandmother forever didn't know how to pump her own gas. I had no idea about the finances until my grandfather started to decline. So it was a big deal when he passed away and she was now responsible for the things. Same thing with my my husband's grandparents. They are still alive. Um, they're in their 80s, late 80s now. Just God bless them. You know, my my husband's grandmother doesn't know anything about the finances, doesn't know anything. And my husband's grandfather is mentally declining and my husband's uncle their son is responsible for their finances, not her. But I I can't imagine that. You know, for me, for me being me, I, you know, I've had my own bank account since I was like 15. I can't imagine walking into a bank account and be like, "Mm, no, you have a vagina. Sorry. You know, I can't imagine not being able to get the loan for the car that I have. I can't, you know, without, you know, the, and, and I had purchased I had purchased my last car and this car while I was still technically single I can't imagine Ryan and I still keep our finances separate um he pays for you know his stuff um and then helps out with groceries and then I pay for the utilities and the business pretty much pays for everything else I can't imagine and we've always been like that he would always take care of the mortgage and then his bills and then I would take care of the utilities and then my bills I can't imagine not knowing what's coming in and what's going out. I can't imagine that. I lived that for a brief period of time. And that was probably the most, that was probably the stupidest thing I've ever done in my life of full heartedly trusting somebody to handle all of that for me. And that's just me looking back now. I'm not, if that's what you do in your family and that's what works for you, I'm not trying to dog you. Okay. That this is just me and preaching my life and talking about shit. Okay. So don't come at me. Don't take this the wrong way. When the only time that I've ever actually witnessed some of the, um, something pretty sexist to this, you know, subordinate, uh, shit. I mean, there's been a lot of times where in work, but I actually like out in the world, 
of I uh, I had cervical cancer um, back in 2015, and um, Brian and I were very new, very new <laughs> to our relationship. But he was with me through the whole thing. As far as uh, I had two procedures, and he was there with me the whole time because my doctor knew he was a part of the game. Um, he had actually seen more of my insides before. Like I don't, I, he knows what my inside of my uterus looks like, which is crazy. Anyways, like side side note, but I had gone in after the fact. Because now I'm being told, you know, because I had cervical cancer, now my cervix is, you know, it's in pretty rough shape, even though it's still there, it's still existent, um, but they had to put, cut out a bitty, big portion of it. I'm cancer-free, you guys, just, that's a blessing. And they're telling me all the risks of, okay, so if you wanted to have more kids, this is going to be a problem. Because it was already a problem with... My son, it was, you know, deemed incompetent <laughs> and, and I, you know, delivered him early. My daughter was delivered early. So my body is just not made to house tiny humans. And it's cool. We got four kids. Like, it's cool. Like, you know, this time I wasn't thinking about having any more kids. I'm, I'm good. Like, if somebody else wants to have any more kids, I'm sure we'll figure it out. Okay. And Ryan was telling me he was done having kids too. I go in and I'm like, hey what do I need to do to just at, at the very least get my tubes tied, but I don't want the cancer to come back. How, where, how do I sign up for a total hysterectomy? Can I just, can I just get rid of this? You know, cause it's just been one problem after the other. I've just polycystic ovarian syndrome, PCOS. Why does that say that sounds weird for me to say with PCOS and with fibroids and with just, there's just so many things that I've had issues with. I just rather would be done with it. And I know it's going to be a road to get to a normal without it, but I was willing to take that chance. But because my doctor at the time knew that I was with somebody, they're like, well, we're, we're going to need to have you come in with, with him and do a counseling session. And then we can we can talk about that road. I'm like, we've been together for a few months. How does his say have more say over my own goddamn body? Like, what, 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 what 1950s world are we living in right now? So I never pursued it anymore. And so it's like, it shouldn't have to be that big of a deal for me to be like, I'm done having kids. That's my choice. Doesn't matter what Ryan thinks. That's my choice. If he wants to have more kids, then. And then we decide together, then we'll figure that out down the road. If we want to adopt or we want to have a surrogate, like we'll figure that out. But that's not a conversation we've really had because we've got four kids and I've been dealing with cancer since day one of our relationship pretty much. And so I don't want to be in this situation anymore. So why should I have to have him who's a few months into this relationship, but I've been in this body for almost 30 years have him come in and have this conversation. It was just crazy. It was crazy to me. I don't hold it against Ryan, but at the same time, I was like, fuck you. Like, what the fuck? Like, why do I have to... It was the same thing. It was like something about birth control too. I was like, I'm not getting him to come up here. 
I, yeah, I can't remember the whole story behind that, but I'd have to go back through and look like there is some stupid shit about birth control. And I was like, why am I not? I can go down to Planned Parenthood and sign up for freaking birth control right now. Why is my OBGYN that I've been with since I was pregnant with my first kid, like that was seven years prior, telling me what I have to do, what their policy is like. Your policy needs to change, obviously. Like, get up with the times. It was 2015, y'all. Crazy. Like, if you if you are a high school sweetheart and you've been with the love of your life since you guys were 16 and you've had plenty of babies and you are loving life and you're living it the best and obviously there's going to be hard times, but you knew how to persevere and get through it. Good for you. This isn't me coming at you, okay? I promise. This is just me not being okay with when my husband compares some things to that because he had that relationship he had the well we went to high school together and you know we've been together since we were like 16 or whatever and this was my first love and you know I this is the only person I've ever been with and it's going to be hard to separate but this isn't working for me and but I'm going to stick through because this is what society is telling me to do. You know, I, I don't want you to stay in a relationship just because you're trying to get to something that is so far fetched now. It doesn't make sense. Those women were legally subordinate to the males in their lives, you guys. Just listen to that for a second. They literally were legally less. Legally. Not just emotionally or what their household, like by law, less than their male counterparts. They had to marry in order to be able to do anything. Even women of childbearing age had a hard time, who were not married at the time, had a hard time getting a bank account in the 70s. Y'all, that wasn't that long ago. Think about that. That was 30 years, 40 years, no, wow, what the fuck, math? That was 50 years ago. I'm 30, almost eight, (laughs) you guys, that was the 80s. That was like 50 years ago. 1973 was 50 years ago. In 50 years, what's something that they're going to be looking at my life and being like, wow, that's so crazy. I can't imagine how she lived like that. Probably talking about this crazy inflation or how it's impossible for anybody with one income to rent a place or to buy a place. How it's completely impossible to live off of minimum wage. (laughs) How it's, it's impossible to build a business now. How it's impossible without having money to do anything in America. I bet you that's what they're going to come back on. It's like, I hope we can put a pin in this podcast and put it in a time capsule for my daughter to come back in 50 years when she's a grandma and I'm dead and gone. And she can be like, wow, my mom had it really hard. I can't imagine how her grandparents lived. How And like how much pressure that is on the men 
oh, like I've got to bring home the bacon and I've got to do all of this and support my family. And how many kids have we popped out and birth control isn't a thing. And like my mom, my mom is the youngest girl of nine kids. She has a younger brother, but she has four brothers and four sisters, nine of them, y'all. I can't imagine. We got four kids and I'm over here wanting to pull out my hair on a fucking daily basis. Now, granted, her older brother was like 14 or 15 years older than her, but still, still, that's crazy. Nine motherfucking kids. By the time the little ones came along, you were like, fuck it. I don't even care. And that's kind of the mentality my mom has. It's just like, I'm going to get what I want, whether you give it to me or I got to go steal it, you know, or or throw a fit. Like, I can't imagine. That's what they did. They they had a fuck ton of kids and the women just raised them babies. That's what they do. Like, nope, I'm about this house. Fuck them kids. Like, I love my kids. I love you. But fuck them kids. Like, I cannot imagine. Like, when we were home and I was trying to work, like, I work from home now and it's it's a struggle. But when we were in the, we're going to learn, like, I'm twitching work from home and do school from home. I wanted to murder everybody in my house on a daily basis. But instead, I would drink. That's how I coped with the COVID era. That's what they're going to look back on y'all that not fuck the inflation. No, they're going to be like, how did my mom not murder all them kids when we were on lockdown and we were stuck in this fucking house, how did they do? How did they do? How did they live? Like my daughter, we like, you know, back in the day when you, your TV didn't have color and you didn't have seatbelts. How did you live? One time she was like, did they have weekends back in your day? Girl, how did we live? How do we live? How do we even live now? Much less, how did our parents live in 1980 when inflation was crazy and interest rates for houses were 20%? You know, we're all sitting around bitching about 7 and 8% and we've been fucking blessed up in this place. Like, we have 3.25%, y'all. Like, fucking blessed. Like, thank God for COVID because that's the only good thing that came out of that shit. And, ooh, and the to-go margaritas, y'all. Get them big old cups, two straws in it and just, or the to-go rum runners. I'm just here for the to-go drinks. That's, you know, and they're like, oh, no, you have to order two meals with that. I'm like, fine, give me two meals. I'm just going to throw them in the trash. I don't care. (laughs) Not really, but I'm just... (sighs) what are our kids going to talk about in 50 years? You know, like, I don't, I don't want to know what they're going to talk about in five years. Like my brain can't wrap around like today is literally my daughter's 15th birthday. I can't. And tomorrow my son is going to be 11. Like, I don't know what happened to time. Time is cruel. Time is evil. It was just yesterday we were in the hospital and she was teeny tiny and the, recession was hitting and that was scary and that seems like a fucking walk in the park now (laughs) I don't know guys 
So that was my history lesson for today. So thank you for tuning in. This is now uh, my stuff talk history style. Get some cool jingle going on with that. Um, it probably would just be the clankety clank of the ice in the cup. Anyways, I appreciate you guys tuning in and um, you can always, if you have a topic that you want to talk about, you can always do it either anonymously or you can message me on my social media I'm on Instagram and I am on Facebook. Um, or if you want to do it anonymously, you can go onto my website at chaotic compass. Wow. Okay. Boop, 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 boop. Chaotic compass.com. And um, there's a contact form there. So I am just talking about all the things that I'm bitching and sipping on. So I know you guys got shit that you bitch and sip on too. Everybody's got, everybody's got shit. You're no different. Don't turn your nose up like you ain't got shit. Okay. Love you guys. Have a great night. Thanks for tuning in guys. I appreciate all of your love and support. If you really love today's episode, you should subscribe. And if you subscribe, then you get notifications of when my next episode launches. So another way to be super awesome would be to leave a rating and review or recommend it to your friends and family. If you're wicked awesome, you've already done all three. Another way to keep up with me and my crazy family is check out my website at chaoticcompass.com and I do blog and other stuff there. So I appreciate everything for you guys. I do this for you. So keep it up because the more you subscribe, the more I do.